Welcome to episode 3, my name is Madman. Uh, on this week's show, uh, we're going to look at a couple news stories again, and then uh, we're going to look at the uh, Black Knight satellite, which uh, has a lot of you know, theories, controversies around it, so let's start off with uh, a couple news items first, though. Uh, the first article we have this, w- uh, this week is, Ancient tunnels in different parts of the Earth may have a single ramified network. Uh, so this article says that a team of scientists suggests that ancient tunnels located in different parts of the world could be interconnected and have a single branch network. The hypotenuse was put forward by researchers on the basis that structures in the Tian Shan, Urals, South America, Sahara, and Western Europe have strikingly similar architecture. <clears throat> in 2014, Polish archaeologist Jan Perkin said that many thousands of years ago, underground European roads connected many states. According to French archaeologists, many of those roads were built about 12,000 years ago. So this is these these roads are going way, you know these these tunnels are going way back. I mean, even back before the times of the pyramids. Uh, I don't know. It, it just seems like like the more we dig, the more that we realize that you know human civilization is a lot older than we really you know give it give it credit for. Um, the, the article goes on to say that German archaeologist uh, Henrik Kirscht supports the, the, uh, this version, stating that ancient underground roads connecting, connected the ancient settlements of the European continent. The tunnels themselves are very narrow, about 70 centimeters wide, and in some places there are even traces of ventilation and lighting. Uh, across Europe, there were thousands of them, from, from the north in Scotland down to the Mediterranean. Most are not much larger than big wormholes, about 70 centimeters wide. Just enough for a person to wiggle, th- wiggle through about nothing else. Um, so, like I said, you know, this, you know, it's just, you know, as we're, as we're exploring more of this, more of this world, you know, and it seems like there's a big part of human history that is not in history books. It wasn't, it, you know, that wasn't recorded and, it, you know, we're piecing it together piece by piece. So, hopefully as time goes on, you know, we'll get the whole... The whole the whole human story, but right now we're we, you know, we're still getting bits and pieces. Um, this next story, <clears throat> uh, if you remember before, we talked about the Navy Tic Tac videos, and then last week we had talked about um, a sphere that that basically that basically dove into the ocean in front of um, an aircraft carrier. Well, this week we have a story. Um, that is from uh, the same uh, person who posted the Tic Tac video in, in that sphere. His name is Jeremy Corbell. Um, this article is titled, New Footage Allegedly Shows U.S. Navy Ships Swarmed by UFOs. Uh, Jeremy Corbell, who recently made headlines for leaked Pentagon footage of the spherical f- uh, flying object off the coast of San Diego, Post, uh, recently posted new radar footage from 2019 that allegedly shows a UF Na- U.S. Navy ship surrounded by UFOs. Um, according to Corbell, the footage was filmed aboard the USS Omaha on July 15, 2019, inside the ship's Combat Information Center. The radar footage shows multiple unknown targets surrounding the ship. There were at least 14 unknown observed at one time. The event series reached a crescendo with one of the unknown targets entering the water at 11 p.m. 
No wreckage found. None of the unidentified crafts were recovered. The latest footage has not been confirmed as authentic by the U.S. government agency. A by a U.S. government agency, but the previous footage that Corbell leaked has been authenticated. The Pentagon has not uh, immediately responded for comment. Uh, so, you know, it's... I mean, I don't know where this guy's getting his uh, footage from. You know, he, he definitely has an inside source. And, you, know, the, you, know, the, you know, that's definitely obvious. But, uh, you know... You know, like I had said before, you know, I keep saying it, saying it, and I, you know, I, I've been saying it, I'm going to keep saying it over and over. Disclosure is coming. Uh, you know, we're only a couple weeks away from when, uh, you know, all these top secret uh, UFO files have to be released. So, we're going to see what happens here. Uh, we have another article. This one's a weird one, uh, but it's, it's your paranormal, so yeah, I'm going to stick it in here. Uh, if anybody doesn't know who Bobby Brown is, <laughs> this guy is, you know, he was a pop star back in the 80s. Um, the guy's, his, his life is just, a his life's been, a, been, you know, a train wreck. You know, he was married to Whitney Houston, you know, before she passed away. Um, he's, you know, he's, you know, he's been a known cocaine user, uh, addicted, many, many problems. So, this article's about him says, Bobby Brown was the latest celebrity to claim having sex with a ghost. He said, I woke up and yeah, I was being mounted by a ghost. Article goes on to say, if Bobby Brown wants to say he had sex with a ghost, it's his prerogative. During his 2020 interview Tuesday night with former New Edition singer, the former New Edition singer told a news a new story about a very bizarre experience involving a ghost. I bought this mansion in Georgia. This was really a really, really spooky place, Brown told them, uh, but yes, one time I woke up and yeah, a ghost. I was being mounted by a ghost. Brown didn't go into detail about the supernatural sex session, such as when it happened, but he emphasized he was completely sober when he did the deed. He said he wasn't high and he wasn't tripping. Uh, and then it was saying here that the uh, Brown, is, of course, is not the first celebrity to claim they've gotten down with the ghost. In April 2014, Ukrainian-born actress Natasha uh, I think it's, uh, classic. Uh, she scared up a lot of publicity after claiming that she had sex with the ghost on two occasions and found the experience is really, really pleasurable. Uh, she said the first time it happened, she was alone in her room. Uh, she claims she was laying in bed and then felt something enter the room, but couldn't see anybody. Uh, then she said, I could feel that somebody was touching me, and the hands were pushing up against me. Um, I could feel the weight of a body on top of me. She said that she couldn't see anybody, but could feel the pressure, the energy, the warmth, uh, pushing in different directions. She said, I really enjoyed it. Um, in September 2012, Kesha, uh, claimed that, you know, she had been, uh, that you know, she had had she had told Ryan Seacrest that she had had uh, an encounter with 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 a male ghost, um, and then uh, Alexandra uh, uh, Holzier says there have been reports of people having sex with ghosts uh, all throughout history. It's just not celebrities, but I don't know. That just that just seems kind of weird. I mean, I, I guess it's possible. I mean, you know. I don't know. It's 
It's just coming from Bobby Brown. I don't believe a word the man says. I'm sorry. I mean, you know, you might you, know, you might like his music, but I don't believe a word the man says. So. And then uh, our final story is this is actually interesting. It's it's one theory that I have heard. I don't agree with this theory, but um, the, the article is titled "Bigfoot is a Ghost." Interdimensional Squatch, The Green Flash, and Why We'll Never Find a Body. It says here, uh, for researchers defending the existence of Bigfoot, a huge creature that's hiding right in our own backyard, the lack of hard evidence is a big problem. Sure, we've got plenty of plaster cast, uh, too many blurry photos, and shaky videos account. We've even got a load of sighting of, of frightening audio recordings, but despite these the hundreds if not thousands of reported Sasquatch sightings in each and every year, we still can't find a body. There's a, so they're saying that there is an answer to the biggest problem of Bigfoot. And it's the one that has been troubling uh, uh, Sasquatch believers who consist mainly of rugged outdoorsmen and uh, analytical uh, scientists. And that answer is a Bigfoot's a ghost. Those words... Um, are equivalent to hearsay in Bigfoot investigation circles. In fact, as strange as it might seem, uh, okay, uh, this is this is the author of the article talking says that uh, in fact, as strange as it might seem, I've lost friends for saying that Bigfoot is a ghost. With enraged squatters uh, convinced, <clears throat> um, I'm making light of their weekends in the forest. I can assure you, though. That I'm dead serious. There was a stranger element to Sasquatch sightings, and for paranormal researchers, these abnormal these abnormalities tick a lot of familiar boxes. You see, the reasons we can't find flesh and blood evidence of Bigfoot is because he's not a flesh and blood creature, at least not any longer. Since the inception of the BFRO, the Bigfoot Field Research Organization, they have collected over 3,000 well-documented reports of Bigfoot all over North America. And those numbers uh, don't count uh, the whispered stories that are, that are told after a few drinks at, you know, at local bars and pubs. Um, just goes on to say that... Maybe here. Um, as a paranormal investigator who doesn't confine himself to one fa facet of, of, of un the un un unexplained... I'm in a unique position to notice crossover phenomena that researchers who segregate themselves can't help but miss. These crossover phenomena exist between reports of manners of strange encounters, but thanks to lack of communication between Bigfoot trackers, ghost hunters, UFO investigators, psychics, and other fringe researchers, they've largely ignored it altogether. Um, one thing that I have heard in... I mean, I... I think it's a potential explanation for Bigfoot is whenever there's a Bigfoot sighting it's 75% of the time you know my, you know, my numbers might be a little up you know higher low I'm not, I'm not sure what the exact numbers but you know just, just from stories I hear you know more times than not if there's a Bigfoot sighting there's a there's a UFO sighting relatively quickly or you know like 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 at the same time or like within a couple hours uh, you know, maybe Bigfoots are aliens, 
maybe or, you know, or maybe they're 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 some kind of a hybrid that they're experimenting with. But it just seems that that there's some kind of some kind of a connection between uh, Bigfoot and uh, you know UFOs. I don't know what it is. Um, maybe they're from a different dimension. Uh, I can buy that. But the whole Sasquatch, but you know, the whole them being uh, ghost thing—that's just that's just too weird for me. So, uh, I don't know. So that's what we got for the news this week. So now let's get into this week's topic. Um, it's one that uh, you're gonna find a lot of people who, you know, like it's hard to find someone who's on the fence with this. On this subject, people are either 100% into this and they believe it. Or they say it's a hundred percent fake fallacy, and it's it's that it's got some other ex, you know explanation. What that is is called uh, the Black Knight satellite. So, if you haven't ever heard of it, um, I'm going to an article. It just kind of uh, gives a quick, you know, ex, you know, a quick explanation uh, of it. Uh, it says that legend has it that an orbit around the Earth is a mysterious dark object that dates back perhaps 13,000 years. An origin and purpose are inscrutable, dubbed the Black Knight. This elusive satellite has allegedly been beaming signals towards the Earth and inspected by NASA astronauts, yet only a few on Earth officially know its existence. The origin of this ominous name is part of the enigma. It is, a, uh, it is possible, impossible to discover who first called it this, or indeed why. Humans have only seen it the last 60 years. Um, and, uh, you know, since we have uh, had the ability to launch craft into orbit, you know, and come, come close to this thing. Uh, so, I mean, that's the, that's the real, you know, Reader's Digest version of it. Uh, and I hear this over and over, and the one thing that I, I, I can't get behind, well... I guess what the information that's out there is the one question that always raises me with this is they say this perhaps 13,000 years how do we know that I mean 13,000 years is a long time ago it's before we had anybody you know we 13,000 years ago is, is, is before there's any kind of a telescope where, where, where we could peer out in, in the cosmos and see this so um, let me jump to some dates here that uh, go back and talk about the you know, the Black Knight satellite. Um, so, the origin of the Black Knight satellite is often retrospectively dated back to natural extraterrestrial repeating, repeating sources reportedly, reportedly heard during the 1899 radio experiments of Nikolai Tesla. The long-delayed echoes first heard by amateur radio operator Jorgen Hals of Oslo, Norway in 1828 have also been attributed to uh, to hearing these these, these noises. Um, and then, let's see here. 1954, UFO researcher Donald Kehoe told newspapers that the Air Force had reported two satellites orbiting the Earth that had been detected. At the time, no country had the technology to launch satellites. Uh, skeptics have noted that Kehoe had been promoting a UFO book at the time, and news stories were written tongue-in-cheek to not, uh, you know, not intended to be taken seriously. Um, a British rocket, a, a British rocket called Black Knight Rocket was used in conjunction with the Blue Streak Missile Program between 1958 and 1965 
test re-entry vehicles. A Black Knight satellite launcher pro uh, project announced in 1964 was also considered a priority of Ministry of Aviation. The program never put anything into orbit, and it is unrelated to the Black Knight satellite legend. In February 1960, Tim reported that the U.S. Navy had detected a dark object to be thought to be a Soviet spy satellite in orbit. A follow-up uh, confirmation was that it was the remains of an Air Force Discovery 7 satellite that had gone astray. In 1963, astronaut Gordon Cooper supposedly reported a UFO sighting during his 15th orbit in a Mercury 9 that was confirmed by tracking stations, but there was no evidence that this happened. Neither NASA missions transcripts nor Cooper's personal copies show any such reporting being made during the orbit. Well, let me be the first one to say that there's a lot of things that happen uh, when the astronauts are in, are, are in orbit you know, or on a mission or whatever. You know, there's a lot of things that we don't hear about that are covered up, that are kept quiet. And it's mainly, you know, it's number one, it's national security. Number two, it because, I mean, you know, I mean, you have to understand, you know, NASA is dealing with, with a lot of top secret satellites for the military. So, you know, number one, it's, 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 uh, you know, national security. Number two, they don't want to panic the public. Um, I'm sure NASA's got things to, that that would that would make you you know afraid to go outside at night that they could tell you, but you know they you know everything's kept kept under kept under wraps. Um, and then I'm you know and then you know you know and you know again I make the connection that you know if NASA's doing this with their files, any personal files that the astronauts would keep, I'm sure NASA goes through those. And those are sanitized and scrutiny, you know, and you know, and gone through with the fine tooth and comb, and made sure that nothing that could be, you know, perceived differently or wrong would, would come out, and be, you know, and be left released uh, to the public. Um, in an upcoming episode, we're we're gonna have two. Um, during the very first moon landing, uh, when our astronauts were down uh, in a crater on the moon. On the rim of the crater, they could see there are all kind of UFOs up on the up up on the rim of the crater, and we were being watched. Now, this is just hearsay. I mean, it's nothing's written down because once again, NASA doesn't let the chaos stuff come out. But that's an upcoming episode. So back to this. Uh, in 1973, Scottish author Duncan Lunan uh, analyzed the long decay radio echoes received by Howells uh, and other. And others, and speculated that they could possibly originate from a 13,000-year-old alien probe located in an orbit around the Earth's moon. He suggested that the probe may have originated from a planet located in the solar system of the star Epsilon Boetis. Lunin later retracted his conclusions, saying that he made the outright uh, errors and that his methods had been unscientific. We, uh, I, I. I First of all, I don't know how you could, you know... I mean, at that time, we were barely stepping foot in the space. I mean, we had been to the moon, but, you know... I mean, even even with our technology today, how... You know, how, you know, how I mean, there's no way of telling that, all oh, that it's 13,000 years old, and then it came from a planet in a, in a in, in star system. It's That's ridiculous. I mean, but, you know, it's history, you know, and it's... And it shows how, how a lot of times things get put in there... But in, in the history, sometimes it's just 
you know, someone trying to make a name for themselves. Sometimes it's, you know, direct uh, disinformation, but... And then it says here, the space debris photographed in 1998 during the STS-88 mission has been widely claimed to be the Black, Black Knight satellite. Space journalist James Oberg considers it probable that the photographs are a thermal blanket uh, that it confirmed it lost during uh, an EVA by Jerry L. Ross. Uh, the main photo that you see a lot of times of the, of the Black Knight satellite, I'm going to post this up on up, up on the Facebook page. Um, if you look at it, you know, I mean, that's what I always see as a Black Knight satellite. And it's... I mean, that does look like it could be like some kind of thermal blanket. So, I mean, I buy that story. That that story I buy. You know, but, I mean, as far as, you know, you know, it not existing. I mean, you know, Nikola Tesla was, you know, he was he was picking up radio signals uh, in 1899 from something, you know. And, I mean, you know, he was a very intelligent man. I mean, we're, got, we're also going to talk about, talk about Nikola Tesla in upcoming episodes. This man was an extreme genius. I mean, you know, had, I mean, had he not been regulated... You know, had his work not been been repressed like it was, I honestly think that we would, we would be traveling to other star systems by now. We we would be we would be a hundred years further in technology than we are right now because he he was that far ahead of his time. I mean, you know, a lot of what we use today, Nikola Tesla, dreamed the concept up. You know, back in the early 1900s. So, uh, I don't take his work for light. I mean, anything. You know, I mean. I don't know. He's he's the authority of of, of science. I mean, you, I mean, you know, you know, everybody credits everybody credits Einstein as being you know the you know, the biggest you know the biggest contributor to to you know you know the scientific world in 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 the uh, in the in the nineteen hundreds. I mean, Einstein was a great man too, but Nikola Tesla had so much more. It's just that his work was a lot of his work was stolen. Uh, you know, we'll get into this at a later episode, like I said, but, uh, you know, uh, Thomas Edison robbed that man blind, and, and it's sad, but, but, uh, get into the Tesla, uh, part of this, this article that I found here, it talks about Tesla, um, <clears throat> it goes on to say that, uh, he spent most of his career in the U.S., he was an electrical engineer who, uh, uh and produced works that explored the idea of radio and wireless transmission. In 1899, he reportedly intercepted a signal unlike any of the natural sources from the Earth, uh, such as electrical storms that he had uh, already investigated in his experiments. Instead, he announced that the regular signals must be coming from an artificial outside source, potentially inhabitants of Mars. Tesla never claimed to have heard signals from a satellite orbiting Earth. Uh, but a lot of people are saying that what he heard was the transmission coming from uh, the Black Knight satellite. Uh, let's see here. In 1920s, anomalous signals were again detected by amateur radio operators. Uh, these were originally of earthly origin, but their timing was bizarre. A signal would be received, then a second repeated signal received a few seconds later. Uh, these long-delayed echoes, known as LDEs, were difficult to explain in terms of radio waves bouncing off atmospheric layers. In 1973, Scotsman Duncan Lunan went back to these signals to see if he could make sense of them. Miraculously, by plotting the, detail, the, delay, the delayed times against the order in which the echoes were received, he could create what 
appeared to be star charts and diagrams. By deciphering them, Lunin decided that the signals were actually messages transmitted by a probe originally from the star Epsilon Butius. Alright, so I guess that's how he he determined it, but... Uh, uh, Lunin is not a professional astronomer, but instead a science communicator and a science fiction author. So, yeah, so right there, you know, you got kind of, that's, that's what kind of makes that part kind of leery about the whole, you know, being from that star system. And then another, sto- another story uh, dating back to the early 1950s claimed to refer to the apparition of the Black Knight uh, detection of, his, of the signals by an orbit and an object. This, uh, this time of deep suspicions held by two superpowers of either, of either side of the Pacific. Neither the Americans nor the Soviets had the ability to place any object into any kind of orbit at that time. Yet the discovery of an Earth-orbiting satellite was reported in a couple of newspapers from the time. And uh, the respected astronomer Clyde Tomberg, who discovered Pluto, is said to have been involved. However, the article is actually a couple of syno- were actually a couple of synopses of books of the UFOlogical Arthur Donald Keyhole. A few years later, the Black Knight seemed to have made another appearance when American newspapers reported in 1960 that there were unusual objects in the polar or in a in in a polar orbit. Uh, by then, both superpowers had satellites in uh, in equatorial orbit, but polar orbital meant that the satellite could see every part of the Earth. Yet neither country admitting owning it. This may seem strange, but remember that this was a time of deep-rooted suspicion and espionage. You know, so you know we was you know you know we would we we suspected each other Russians of everything, and they suspected us. Um, the classified informa- declassified information now released from that time suggested the object was connected to the Corona spy satellite under disguise at the time. The U.S. Uh, Discoverer Research Satellite Program was actually a cover for the Corona Project, intended to photograph sites in USSR. So, I mean, I think a lot of the misidentifications for Black Knight is just that. Um, I don't know, like, and, uh, here we go, uh, the STS-88 encounter. The most recent and most cited evidence for a mystery satellite from, uh, from beyond dates back to 1988. In 1998, the crew of the space shuttle Endeavour photographed an unusual object in low Earth orbit, but not a polar orbit. These images were often labeled as uh, the most definite proof of the satellite. However, a more careful analysis, a strange structure seemed more like a piece of space debris. In actual fact, black object is probably a thermal blanket that had become dislodged during the EVA mission. Uh, the mission was the first American mission to begin construction of the International Space Station. The Russians had already had already placed the Zyra module in orbit, so this mission was to connect Zyra to the American Unity module. Uh, the crew achieved all the objectives in their mission, including installing handrails and testing a safety device to prevent astronauts drifting into space should they become detached. However, there were a few hitches along the way. 
Uh, initial alignment of the modules did not quite work as the shuttle's robotic arm loosened its grip and try and and had they had to try again. Several several items floated away, including a thermal blanket covering, which is uh, what we think is in the most common picture of the Black Knight satellite. So, I mean, there's been a lot of like I said, there's a lot of a lot of loose. There's a lot of factual stories that are, are, are kind of loosening into this whole Black Knight satellite, and I mean, I I think what it is is it comes down to that science fiction writer, uh, you know who you know who who, who claimed they're thirteen thousand years old and they came from that from that that one star system. Um, I mean, you know, you you know, of course, you're always welcome to your own opinion, you know, and if you, know, you if your opinion differs from my opinion, please by all means. Go to the Facebook page, leave a comment. You know, I'd love to hear, hear you know, uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say. I mean, you know, if I get enough response, you know, we can come back and revisit this. You know, I mean, you know, you might change my mind, but my personal opinion, I think the black the the black knight satellite is just made up. You know, I think it was a bunch of stories pieced together. Um, the only thing is the whole Nikola Tesla thing. One thing I've read to state, or one thing I've to mention there is that uh, during the time, uh, they they're pretty sure that what Nikola Tesla was hearing in those transmissions, they think that he was hearing um, that they think that he discovered pulsar stars, which you know do kind of follow follow the same almost artificial sounding radio signals like he was getting. So, um, so with. With that being said, I mean, you know, I don't think the Black Knight satellite's real. Maybe it is, but... So, let's go to uh, the question of the week. Last week, the question was, uh, should euthanasia be allowed for human beings? Human beings who are, who are in, you know, advanced age, who have advanced diseases like cancer, where they're, where, where they're going to die, where death is imminent very, very shortly, and they're suffering anyways. You know, uh, so I asked you, you know, what you, you know, what you thought on it. I got a few responses back. Uh, it's a mixed bag. I'll, I'll give you my my take on it. Uh, personally, um, you know, I feel that, you know, human beings, you know, I mean, I... This is such, this is such a, a touchy subject. I just feel that if a human being is, you know, of sound mind and they are they are they are so sick, why why make them suffer? Let them, you know, if 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 if, if they just want to, you know, all right, go to sleep and it all be over with. I see nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know, we kill thousands of babies a day with abortion. I know that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other bag of worms, and you know, that's something that we don't touch here because you know that's 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 hugely. Uh, Political, you know. So I'm not going to get into that, but I'm just saying, you know, if if it's okay for us to take the lives of someone who can't speak for themselves, what's wrong with allowing someone who? No, I'm not, I'm not saying allow just anybody to do it. I mean, you would have to have severe, like, you know, like stage four cancer or you know some other debilitating disease where you're you're days, weeks, months away from death. Um, and 
like in as far as age goes, only if your quality of life is substandard. Like like if like if you can't maintain a, a reasonable quality of life, and, and that's what you want to do, I feel you should be allowed to do that. You know, is that right? I'm sure a lot of people are you know feel that way. People a lot of people don't feel that way, but. You know, this is one of those questions where it's you know how do you feel you know and that, and, you know and that's how I feel. So uh, for next week, what the uh, question is going to be is um, recreational marijuana. Uh, it's already it's it, it's already decriminalized in a number of states. There's a couple more states that are very very close to doing it. Do you feel that we should decriminalize marijuana on a federal basis? Um, you know, go to you uh, go to the uh, Facebook page. Um, by all means, you know, and uh, go to the Facebook page. Um, give us, you know, tell us if you think yes, it should be, no, it shouldn't be, and then your reason why you feel it should be that way or why it shouldn't be that way. You know, I mean, I'd love to hear what people think. You know, these these kind of questions I put out there because yeah, I want to know what you guys think, what you guys are feeling on it. So, uh, until next week, you know, everybody stay safe. Catch you next week.